Bibles, I'll invite you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 13. While we're turning there, I do also want to take a moment and say welcome to our guest from uh, First Baptist of Bay St. Louis. I'm glad to have y'all with us, Brother James. Glad to have you uh, and the youth and your family here with us this morning to have the opportunity to worship with y'all. This morning we are going to look at another one of Jesus' parables in Matthew chapter 13, and there's a lot in the text, so we're going to go ahead and get into it this morning. Matthew chapter 13, I'll begin reading in verse 24. It says, He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat into my barn. So as we see here, again, we see Jesus using an agricultural parable reference, which was, of course, very common in their day and time. And, and so, again, he's using this idea of seeds and plants and them growing in a farmer. But we have to be very careful because sometimes what we can do is looking at the parable of the soils last week. I know that all of you have been thinking about that message all week this week. You've been thinking about all the things that we shared and you've been going back over those points and that's fresh on your mind this morning. But I want you to wipe that out for just a minute because it's not the same references. When he talked about the soil and the seeds and some of those things from last week, it doesn't carry over into this week. So we're starting with a, a blank slate here, a brand new parable. And so as Jesus is talking here, he gives us this picture of a man who uh, would have had a large area of land and he grew wheat. That's what he did for a living and he was obviously uh, good at it and owned a lot of land. He had servants that worked under him and so he buys wheat seed and they go and they plant the wheat just like you normally would at the time of planting. So they go out and they plant it. And then that night, while they're asleep, an enemy of his comes and plants a different type of seed, a weed, not wheat, but a weed or a tear, as it might say in many of your uh, translations. He comes and plants those seeds in amongst all of the wheat, which obviously wouldn't be obvious at first, but when it started to grow, they very quickly could tell the difference that there wasn't just pure wheat in this field. So, of course, at that point, they have to ask the question, Farmer, man, did you buy some cheap seed? Is that, what, is that what's happening here, is that you bought the cheap seed this time? And, of course, that's not what happened. And the owner knows that, and he makes that very clear to them. And I know, as I started to study this, I said, well, that really seems kind of to me like a far-fetched thing, this idea of a man that plants wheat for a living and an enemy comes in and plants weeds and amongst it but as I looked and studied this week uh, it wasn't uncommon at all actually there was Roman law against doing this very thing because it was a fairly somewhat common practice if you wanted to get revenge on an enemy this is what you would do you would take darnell which is the type of weed most likely here you would take that seed 
And when they weren't looking, you would go and plant it in their wheat field because what would happen is that weed would grow down and the roots would become entangled with the wheat. And so if you tried to pull the weeds out, you would mess up all of your wheat crop as well. And if you tried to just bundle the two of them together and act like nobody would know, you couldn't because the seeds that come from this specific weed are poisonous to people. And so what you could do is very easily try to ruin somebody's livelihood by doing this. And that's exactly what happens here is the enemy comes in, he plants, and these weeds are growing all among the wheat all throughout the field. And it seems like all is going to be lost in this situation. But before we go any further, I want to be clear again that this is a parable. And all of these things that we're talking about here are imagery. We're not really talking about wheat, and we're not really talking about weeds, and we're not really talking about agriculture. Thankfully, just as we saw last week, Jesus gives a clear and direct explanation of this parable to his disciples as well. So I'm going to ask you to look with me over in verse 37 of the same chapter 13. And let's see Jesus' explanation as he kind of helps us to understand what we're looking at. Verse 37, it says, He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Now we'll look at a little bit of that in just a minute as well. But so here's the setting. Here's what we see. Anytime that we talk about the farmer, anytime today that I mention the farmer, we're talking about Jesus. That's what he says here. God's son that came to earth sowing the gospel, spreading the good news. He is the farmer. And he brought good seed. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good. That's why we call it the gospel. It means good news. And that's the only type of seed that Jesus sowed is good seed and everybody that grows from that seed everybody that grows from the gospel are Christians so anytime today that I say the good seed anytime that I say the wheat we're talking about Christians so we have Jesus who's the farmer and we have the good seed or the wheat which are Christians and on the other side we have the enemy that came and planted the bad seed, that came and planted the weeds, and that is Satan. He identifies him as Satan, as the devil. So Satan comes and he plants bad seeds. So again, anytime we say the enemy, we're talking about Satan. Anytime that I say the bad seeds, anytime that we refer to the weeds, we're talking about lost people. So there's really the, the big picture setting of what we see today. Jesus came to the earth and shared the gospel. Jesus came and spread the, the good news of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, in himself. And everyone that grows from that is a Christian. On the opposite side of that, we have lost people. And who are lost people influenced by? Who are lost people following after, whether they realize it or not, they're following after Satan. And that's what we see. That's what Jesus is going to be teaching about in this parable. One thing that seems very interesting to me, because it's not what I would have expected, of course, many of you know I'm not a, I'm not a farmer, I don't make my living uh, by growing wheat and things of that nature. It would have seemed to me that whenever the servants went to the master, went to the farmer and said, listen, we, we realize that there are uh, the weeds all among the wheat, do you want us to go and gather them? Do you want us to go and pull them, I would have thought that the answer would have been yes. Let's go and get them now 
But as we see in verse 29, that's not the answer. He says, no less than gathering the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. I think that in life, many of us Christians, many Christians throughout the ages, have had this exact same reaction whenever we ask questions like, God, why do you allow sinful things to still happen on this earth? God, why is it that you allow evil to remain on this earth? And now I'm not this morning trying to undertake, because it's not in the scope of this parable, I'm not undertaking explaining to you why evil and sinful things are allowed to stay on this earth. But point one this morning is this. Good and evil will dwell together until the end of time. That's very clear in this parable that good and evil... Christian people and lost people, righteousness and sinfulness will both be here until the end of time. Sometimes we wish it weren't so. Sometimes we don't understand why it's so. But this parable makes it very clear that the lost people that are on this earth, those that are influenced by Satan, those that follow Satan, are going to be here until the harvest, which Jesus just told us is the day of judgment. So until the end of time, brothers and sisters, we might as well buckle in because we're going to deal with these things. There are going to be temptations. There are going to be trials. There is going to be persecution. We are going to be hurt by people when they lie to us, when they are hateful to us. All of these things are going to continue to happen until the end of time. The good news is that for those of us that are Christians that know Christ, is that we have Him to go through those with us. We have the one that strengthens us in our trials. We have the one that helps us to overcome our tribulations. We have the one that allows us to refrain from the temptations of sin. But we will continue to deal with that through the end of time. Look back with me in verses 24 and 25 as we see a second point that is very integral to the understanding of this text. In verse 24 he started, he said, Put another parable before them, saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So for just a moment here, as we focus on the difference in these two plants. We focus on the difference in the wheat and the weeds. We focus on the difference in Christians and lost people. The first thing that we have to recognize in this text is where those people originate from point two this morning good people come from Christ evil people come from Satan now I know that sometimes points like this one sound very harsh and two sound very oversimplified I know I say that often but again this isn't my teaching it's a clear teaching from this text that the good people where do they come from the good people the wheat the good seed, where do they come from? They come from the farmer who Jesus identifies as himself. He is the farmer. He is the one that plants the good seed. So all of us that are Christians can attribute our goodness, our righteousness, our salvation. We can attribute all of that to Christ. This morning I want to be clear about that because sometimes I know that there's a temptation for us as Christians 
especially the longer and longer we're Christians and the more and more sanctified we become, the more Christ-like we become, it's easy for us to start to look down on lost people, to see the things that they do and say, how could you live that way? How could you allow yourself to do that? How would you let that habit come into your life? And I think we often forget that our righteousness is not our own. That we are not Christians because we were good enough to be Christians. right? That we are not weak because we planted ourselves and we grew from our own gospel and our own good news and that we've earned our salvation. That the only reason that we're not still lost people doing many of the same things that those lost people are doing is because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of God that we have because of our faith. In Jesus Christ it's not about us brothers and sisters it's about him and if you're here this morning and you are a wheat plant you are growing you are a Christian then you need to thank God for that because that moment didn't come because you earned it that moment came because God was gracious enough to allow us to be saved from our sins good people don't come to Christ good people come from Christ he plants the seed and then we grow from that on the other side the the teaching is clear i know that sometimes we get we we get a little bit ashamed of doing this or, or we step back we don't we don't feel comfortable speaking about the one that's leading lost people but christ was not ashamed about it in verses 37 and 38 when he's explaining to us the, this parable that we see, he says, He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. When I tell you this morning, when I say to you this morning, in point two, when I say that evil people come from Satan, the Bible is clear about that. And that sounds uncomfortable to say, and I'm thankful that I can say it to you this way. It's not my teaching. I didn't come up with it. It's Christ's teaching. I'm just telling you what he says in his word that has no mistakes in it. But he says that there are two categories of people. And if they are not Christians, if they are not wheat, if they are not following Christ, then they are sons of Satan. They are sons of the evil one. They are following the power and influence of of Satan. There aren't just, sometimes we like to think there are Christians and there are lost people and then in the middle there are good people who just don't happen to be Christians, right? There are okay people. We speak this way sometimes. So-and-so that lives down the road, I know that he doesn't go to church. I know that he's not a Christian, but he's a good guy. He's a good man. He lives a good life, but Christ says that third category that we're making up is exactly that. It's made up that ultimately there are wheat people, there are Christians that come from Christ, and everyone else falls into the category of being a lost person who is following the power and influence of Satan. How is it, how is it that you and I, because I love for us to be reminded of this, how is it that we are not those people that are, out of the sanctuary this morning that are still at our homes just waking up now with a hangover because of what we did last night how is it that some of us that used to be that person are sitting in here in the sanctuary today 
How is it that some of us that used to see Sunday as just another day that I had off of work that didn't belong to God but that belonged to me, how is it that some of us that used to like to spend Sunday fishing or at the river or partying or doing this and that, how is it that we're not out there still doing that but we're here in this sanctuary this morning? How is it that some of us that used to be addicted to all sorts of things that wouldn't have allowed us physically to be here today aren't out there still doing those things but we're here in this sanctuary? The way that that has come about is because of Jesus Christ because he left heaven and he came to earth. You know this story. He lived a perfect life life he never did a single thing wrong he deserved no punishment there was no guilt in him whatsoever but he still took the worst punishment the most excruciating pain that any person has ever dealt with and I'm not talking about the cross and the nails and the whips as bad as they are I'm talking about the punishment the wrath of God for every sin I've committed and every sin you've committed. He came and with no guilt took on all of our guilt and deserving no punishment took all of our punishment so that you and I could be set free so that when we come to him in faith when we realize who he is and what he did for us and we realize his love for us and we decide that we're going to commit our lives to following him because that's the type of person that I want to follow. That's the type of God that I want to base my life around. That when we decide to do that, that we come to him in faith and we are forgiven. And now we, the people that used to be out there doing all of those things, are sitting in here singing songs about the day that he's coming back to get us. Brothers and sisters, that's a glorious transformation. You may not realize it, some of you may think, Brother Zach, I, I was never addicted to anything. I was never an alcoholic. But brothers and sisters, you need to thank God too because if it weren't for him, you would have been. It's not because we're better than them. It's because of him. It's because Christ is perfect and he gives us his righteousness and he gives us his strength so that we can overcome temptation. And good people do not come to Christ. Good people come from Christ. I pray this morning that we don't forget that. There's something else that I want us to see about this fruit because some of you asked today, as we look at these plants, Brother Zach, how do I know which one I am? How do I know if I'm a wheat or if I'm a weed? How do I know if I've been planted by Christ and following Christ, if I've been following Satan? How do I know this? Look in verse 26. He tells us, he says, So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. Point three, every plant bears fruit according to its nature. You see, once they grew large enough, once the plants had matured enough that they started to produce grain, because all plants produce, I'm saying fruit, I understand that a grain is not a fruit. I don't need any explanation, but I understand that, but I'm saying fruit because it's a term that we're familiar with. Every plant bears some type of fruit. And when the weeds got tall enough, they bore seeds that showed that they were clearly weeds. And when the wheat got large enough, it bore seeds that showed that it was clearly wheat. So I want to ask you a couple questions this morning. I want interaction. These are not rhetorical. I want you to answer these. Is everybody okay with that? All right. An orange tree grows what? Good. We're on a good walk to a good start. An apple tree grows what? Where do you find figs? On a fig tree or at the supermarket, one or the other. What grows on a blueberry bush? What grows on a money tree? 
You'll have to go to Dan and Don's house to see one of those. Y'all didn't plant one of those at the parsonage. I wish y'all would have. Money grows on a money tree. I've heard about them. I've never seen them. But what this text makes clear is just what all of you just said. We already understand this, right? We understand that you can look at a plant and tell what category it belongs in based on what it's producing, what is growing, what is coming from it. We can tell what the plant is. And this text tells us that if you want to know if you are wheat or if you are a weed, that all you have to do is look at the fruit that you're producing. I already told you, wheat, such a beautiful analogy. Jesus is such an amazing teacher. There's so much depth in these parables. Wheat, when you think about wheat and the things that, that wheat, that the grain from it is used from, right? We think, we, I think about bread, and bread is good, right? I know some of y'all don't eat bread, but bread is good, and Cheerios, and I like frosted mini wheats, and flour tortillas, and these, these are good things. These are the things that come from wheat, but I already told you that this weed, this, this Darnell, this specific one, if you take the grain from it, because it does, now don't, don't say, sometimes we think that good fruit produce, or good trees produce good fruit, and bad trees don't produce any fruit. No, they still produce fruit, but the fruit that comes from this specific weed is not only bad or useless, it's poisonous. And what a beautiful analogy of the people that come from Christ that are supposed to be salt and light in a tasteless and dark world. If you want to know, am I wheat? Ask yourself these things. Do you serve other people like Christ served other people? Even other people that you don't owe anything and other people that will never be able to pay you back for your service. Do you serve willingly those type of people? Do you live a humble life? Not a look at me kind of life, but a look at him kind of life. Because he deserves for everyone to look at him. The way that Christ lived. Are you joyful? Do you have peace? Do you live a life that says that I have a hope inside of me that nobody can take away? Do you forgive your enemies? Do you hate what is evil and love what is good? Do you love the word of God and spending time in it? Do you love just being in God's presence and praying and these sort of things? Because if you have those sort of fruits, then what you're showing is that you've been planted by Christ, that you are growing from the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you are wheat in this parable, that you are a Christian. Have you responded to him in faith? Then you're a Christian. On the opposite side, we look at a Darnell, a plant that's poisonous. And literally, as I think about sinful, lost people, the lives that they live are poisonous. They're harmful to other people. Lost people, they sin and they enjoy their sin. And they often hurt other people, and they often hurt other people on purpose because they enjoy that. And they care about themselves far more than they care about anything else on this earth. And they lie, and they hate. And they could care less about God's words and the things that are written here. And they cheat and they're addicted to all sorts of drugs and pornography and alcohol and things that tear them apart and their families apart and that hurt their parents and that hurt their children. And if this is what your life looks like, then you may need to be honest with yourself this morning and realize that you look a lot more like a weed and a lot less like a wheat. 
that you seem to be one that's following the path that Satan lies before you rather than the one following the path that Christ has before you. And the last thing I want to show you this morning is why it's important that you know which one you are. Look with me in verse 39. It says, And the enemy who sowed them, talking about the weeds, is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send His angels, and they will gather out of His kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear. So very clearly, there are two categories, wheat and weeds, two categories of people, saved and lost, and there are only two places that people are going when the day of judgment gets here. It says that the wheat are going to be taken and gathered into the, the farmer's barn. For us, that's heaven. Right, Christians are going to be taken and they're going to live forever in the presence of God, the new heaven and the new earth that we read about in the latter parts of the book of Revelation and we know the beautiful picture of that place. Right, There's no sin there. There's no lying. There's no hurting. There's no crying. There's no pain. We're in God's presence forever. We never will be without Him. There's no sun. There's no need for a sun there because the glory of God shines so brightly that it's what lights up heaven. That sort of place. That's where Christians go to spend all of eternity. And the other place is very uncomfortable to talk about, very uncomfortable to think about, but even more so if you're a lost person because it's a real place. And here it's talked about as a place where there's fire. It's also talked about as a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And we call it hell. Just be blunt about it. It's a place that we call hell, and it's a real place. And it is a place of uh, perpetual torment that will last forever and ever. And why is it such a big deal? Because, brothers and sisters, there are no do-overs. There will be no second chance. When the day of judgment comes, whenever you die and the time that you've had on this earth is over, and that could be today, none of us know what today holds it could be tomorrow it might be 30 years from now but it's not a chance I'd be willing to take brothers and sisters when our time of judgment comes we'll be judged we'll either be wheat that has grown from response to the gospel that has faith in Jesus Christ and will be gathered into God's kingdom to be with him forever in the beauty and glory of his presence or we will be judged as wheat and we'll be uh, weeds and we'll be sent to a place where we will never see God's face where we will never be with Him, where we'll never know peace, comfort, joy, or anything of the nature ever again. And it will never end. It's serious. It's not a game. It's not a joke. Brothers and sisters, the things that we see in this word and in this parable are extremely pertinent for us to pay attention to. The last point, point four. One day judgment will come, and it will come for all. Judgment will come, and it will come for everyone. There will be no third category. There will be no getting around it. There will be no pleading. There will be no asking. We will go to heaven as Christ's children, or we will go to hell as lost people, and we'll stay there forever. I did want to give you one last scripture. You can just write this down, but Revelation 20.10 shows us this picture that when I say judgment comes for all, judgment is coming for all. For those that decide to follow Satan, some that think that he has great power and strength, Revelation 20.10 says, 
And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. I know sometimes we have this cartoonish picture that hell is a place where uh, Satan lives and he reigns and, and hell is his home, but that's not true. Hell is a place of torment even for Satan. And if he's who you're following, then you're going to follow him there. And I'm telling you this morning, you may say, Brother Zach, I'm not following Satan. I'm just not following Christ. But Christ says if you're not following me, then you're following him. Brothers and sisters, you don't want to follow him there. You want to follow Christ. He says, I'm going, when he was leaving, he told his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And one day where I'm going, you will be with me also. And that's who we want to follow. If you're here this morning and you've never understood how important this decision is, if you've never understood that there is no in-between, that there is no okay, that there are good people that are made that way because of Christ's righteousness, and then there's everybody else, and they are lost, and they're evil, and they're following the influence of Satan, and they're going to hell, and today you realize that, and you want to know more about this gospel, this good news that can save you, I would love to talk to you about that. There's no better day than today for us to talk about that, except for yesterday, and you didn't come by yesterday. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to invite y'all to stand this morning. I don't know what the Lord has spoken to you about this morning. Teenagers, leaders, I don't know what the Lord's spoken to you about this weekend. I don't know how he's dealt with you, but if there's something that you need to share, we would love for you to share it this morning. We would love to celebrate with you any great victory and breakthrough that the Lord has brought to your life. I would love to counsel you, to pray with you. If you have questions, if you want somebody to pray with you, I would love to do that. Church, if you have something to pray about, come. Let me pray with you. Come to these altars and pray by yourself. If you have something to share, we would love to celebrate those victories with you this morning as well. But as always, I'm just going to ask that you would respond to God's word and to his call that he's given you this morning as Brother Shane leads us in a hymn of invitation.